Land ho! It's another episode of the Finnacast. I am your Captain Sketch, and with me I have... Freddy here with my rum, it's Kuro. And... Yo ho ho! It's CJ on an official Finnacast episode. That you are, that you are. It. This one counts. <laughs> this one counts. The other one counts too, and if you have not listened to our interview with Brittany Cox, do so. It's very, very entertaining. Do it. Do it just because Sketch said so. He is the captain, after all. If you don't, you walk the plank. That's right. That'd be a mutiny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. As as always, it's uh, it's the Fenicast where it's always talk like a pirate day. <laughs> Except we didn't do that in the interview. I, I'm sure she would have been a good sport and probably would have gotten into it, but I just didn't want to throw that at Brittany. <laughs> True, but when are we going to get? This is how weird and nerdy we are. Please join us. <laughs> Sketch. When are we going to get talk like Leif Erikson day, like SpongeBob? Come on, man. We're going to do talk like a pirate day. Yeah. Well, you got me there. <laughs> so these were quite a couple of episodes of uh, Fena, but this is CJ's first time really being on a uh, regular episode of the Fena cast. So CJ. How you feeling about Fena so far? Uh, I'm I'm left like fairly positive on it. Um, and like this is kind of like rehashing it more so with you, Sketch, just because of the interview that we did earlier. But I really like how character driven it is, and mm-hmm. I like that because of just how impactful they are, and it doesn't feel like it's forced, right? Uh, I feel like the story really emphasizes it, and it's the show's strength. And so instead of like trying to force like us to really get invested in the plot and the plot's good. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to say like it's bad or anything, but I think that uh, Fena kind of, or the show Fena kind of realized that no, it's, it's the quirky characters that people seem to really enjoy a lot more than say, Oh, what's going on at Eden. And like a lot of people I'm sure are still like, Oh, I want to see what's in Eden. I want to see this and that and all these other parts that, you know, derive from the story. But uh, no, I, I just I, I think that it's it's the character strength. I mean, it, just, it feels like we talk more about the characters than the plot. So mm. I'm led to believe that, like, to me, the strength of the show are the characters, you know, and I'm not. And like I say, I'm not to I say like agree. it's solely just that, you know what I mean? Like there's other wonderful strength. I mean, I'm and I'm glad Kuro's on this episode, too, because I am just geeking out over the little history nods that we get uh, throughout this series and like there were some that were kind of in full force in the last two episodes in nine and ten and i really like that you know i'm a, I'm a little geeky when it comes to that kind of thing um i've always enjoyed researching history so i found a little bit of a few nods to that really fun uh i really enjoy kind of the wacky character moments that we've gotten especially like with fena i, I always find that fun especially as you mentioned earlier as she's like uh, stating her case to Shitan, how she's not a witch, you know, like, it, you're right, it was it was a great scene, and I really enjoyed the performance of that, so uh, it's, it's just kind of those things where they add, like, interesting elements, and uh, like I say, I might be more positive on the character part of it, like this, the artwork, like this background scenery, especially for, like, Abel's backstory, and, like, more recently, what we get to where uh, the island that Fena reaches in episode 10, which I know we'll talk to you later, anyway, about later anyway but like it's been visually stunning you know seeing the purple Mm -hmm. 
pinkish hues of the tree bark matched with the orange, like the vibrant orange and red that you get from the leaves. And like, I'm from New England, so this is pretty much, we're getting close to peak uh, tree season of like watching the leaves change color. So like, Oh no, leafers! Yeah, Yeah, no, we got to deal with that. But um, it's one of the things when I see that in like Fena, I'm like, oh wow, that's actually like, it looks just like it would as if I was, you know, driving down a uh, highway, uh, going into work, seeing all the colors change, which is really nice. So, you know, I've been enjoying it. Um, these last two episodes um, have been a lot of setup. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing. I just feel like it, it's funny because, like, I'm thinking, all right, we got through episode nine. They have to get into, like, more nitty gritty things here. It's like, nope, we're still setting up. I'm just like, God, damn. I'm like. As I mentioned in the review, I'm just swinging and missing at the strikes they keep throwing or the junk that they're throwing that uh, I think is going to be a strike. So I just keep falling like sucker for it. And like, I'm just inve- I'm like so far so much invested now that I just I need to see what's going to be happening after we finish these last two episodes. But it's been fun. You know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the cast and uh, fans that have been, you know, right along with like us. Uh, watching it has been a sight to behold and it's fun i think it's i think it's a lot of fun and like we've talked about before i like originals on toonami so that's probably my bias of that like i just like the fact that it's something new different you know it's not another shonen it's not another my hero not another black clover you know what i mean like i I like that so i've been i've been uh really um positive so far through uh the first 10 episodes so far and like that's not to say like they can't screw it up (laughs) i hope they don't i really don't want that to happen um but they got me invested which is nice you know this was this these last two episodes really got me to enjoy fena even more which i wasn't quite sure that would happen so i've been i've been really really uh positive on it's been great all right and kuro you've been gone since the first episode so <laughs> what what's your fena experience so far um overall i i love the artwork uh the imagery is really vivid and it's great to see that they can have these different shots of the sea and the seascape and still make it kind of magical you know it's not like you're looking at the same drawing over and over again um they they there's they, there's a lot of subtlety and color play you know, the way the way uh, CJ was describing with the trees, I would say the same for the way they're doing the ocean. And then the action sequences have been really great. The characters, of course, are taking, you know, a starring place in, in um, this series. I think it's it's very easy to to get caught up in their different stories and their different in their different personalities and and really get into the group dynamic. Um, I've loved, I love that. I think this mythos has taken a hard Indiana Jones turn and (laughs) I did not expect that. Like the last two episodes specifically, it's a little all over the place. They're doing a little library of Alexandria, um, Joan of Arc, Eden, um, that like, they're just taken. And then they, they have like bits and pieces from all these different, stories it's like it's like i feel somebody opened a book of children's fairy tales and history and just blind picked a bunch of different words and threw them together to make this this storyline of this last part because i just don't know 
what's going on here. And, and, you know, I admire them for trying, but it felt a little bit like you did such a great job setting up. And then it's, it's like, you got a little lazy here and we're picking up. First of all, I think the the really strange part here is the Joan of Arc thing. It just feels completely out of left field and it, it doesn't seem to match, especially in the, the, the episode nine where, Helena, her mother, says she gives that cryptic line to Abel, you know, I had to have the child of a king to give birth to a La Pucelle, like, like it's a, like it's a thing, uh, like it's some kind of, of icon and not this moment in history where this young woman did this incredible thing, you know, so that I, I already thought that was odd. And then trying to make it out like, well, she actually survived, which is never discussed after that moment. Even in the last two episodes, it wasn't discussed and then the glass, the, the way the glass was part of this treasure map wasn't really fully explained. I mean, if it was all just have these two coordinates, it's just very elaborate. Like, why? It, it just, it doesn't come together for me. And it's not taking away from my watching experience. I just feel really obliged to say this because I feel it very strongly that they, they, it's a little bit messy with that storytelling. And I think... I think if someone had gone back and done a little bit of refining and let's get a very clear mythos, let's get a very clear narrative of what we're trying to do and not just randomly pull like words out of history and throw them together, then, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me as much, but it's just, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, and, and here's another little thing like in the, the, the word written in the center of the, the stage is initium which is Latin for beginning. And I'm kind of wondering like, well, well, it's kind of magic that made this rise out of the scene, yet there's a mechanism written in Latin, and Latin very specifically dates to the Roman Empire and, you know, go back to like third, fourth century BC. So it's like, it's like they're just pulling from a lot of different sources with not, no clear direction on how this, this sort of Eden is, is what it is. You know, you know, understand what I'm saying. I do. I'm curious, uh, though. I, I do if, understand. I'm curious if they might, or if you might feel differently once you see it, like completely. Because I see your point of, oh, they. It seems like they're kind of drawing random stuff out of hat. I tend to at least, I would call it a little more random. I actually didn't mind it terribly as much, only because like, it's almost like, uh, like I'm a little kid like learning history, and I'm like, oh wait, I know that reference, and like that's just. You know, that's a very uh, dumbed down version of it. But I wonder if it's just because we haven't finished all of it and uh, potentially how few episodes there are to really like dive into that. Because I will agree. It's like, uh, like, for example, episode nine, I felt like we got like just two different episodes where they throw so much at you to where it's like you have to watch it like multiple times to really even get even a semblance of understanding of what's going on. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, my interpretation of the Helena storyline is that she she's in this this space and and develops this sort of pure childlike relationship with Abel, um, and then what way I understood it, some part of her 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 past and her purpose involve her having a child with a king because the child is some kind of iconic symbol, and so when she ran away, maybe that was her way of sort of defying that or or whatever and then they catch her and then when weird twist of events they burn her at the stake too it, it, it it's it's tricky when anime uses the whole like 
they use short shots and and um, die like without any dialogue. And I, you know, I've talked about how I like that style, but when you're telling a history, you kind of leave a lot for people to infer. And if you're trying to tell a clear story, that's, I don't think that's the way to handle it. So like the whole Helena storyline is really left a lot up to interpretation, you know, and, and she, she has very little dialogue. So it, it, it's kind of like it, and don't get me wrong. It was very interesting, but I just thought it was a curious choice of style for, for, for giving that backstory. And it's not one I think I would have if I had any at all expertise in this area or any input at all, I would have suggested, I would have definitely not had it go that way, but that's just my opinion. (laughs) There could be the situation of they wanted to expand upon that, but they didn't have the time to do it. Sure. You know, it's, it's one of those kinds of things maybe. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can obviously speculate, but I think that's kind of the problem when you, when you try to pack, information into an episode but you put so little dialogue then it is all up for speculation so you know i maybe maybe this was an artistic choice i don't know but but um maybe it will come together i just kind of feel like with the amount of creativity they put into creating everything else about this world of fena that it was a little bit lazy to pick existing mythos in our history and and try to stick it in there it's like this you were doing so well i would have preferred if they'd created something completely original you know up to this point something completely original i mean just ditch the whole joan of arc reference in general please get rid of that because that is is like that 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 is so throwing me for a curveball and not in a good way and like make another if you want to have some kind of iconic status of some female who has some kind of power oh and then the witch thing yeah that's a whole nother element like if you want to do that do that but don't don't throw in like Joan of Arc because it's that has its own existing well-researched and known history and you're trying to create a brand new mythology off of it it's just it just feels a little like mismatched for what they've done here uh the fate jokes write themselves (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there yeah there you go <laughs> you made my uh, that's the history uh, i accept sketch yes of course of course uh well that might not have been an artistic choice but what was an artistic choice was how they handled doing the uh backgrounds for episode nine it's all it was all hand drawn and painted on paper gorgeous it was it was very nice it was I mean, the whole show looks fantastic, but those yeah. particular backgrounds, like they were, they were a storybook. It's they very just, idyllic. It's just beautiful. It's just, yeah, you just want to be there in that garden. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you get when you have that kind of drawing and that kind of art- artistry, it 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 puts you in a place where you're feeling something too. You're either there with those characters or you're just fantasizing about it. I love how that, how striking that is and that it kind of pulls you into the story, I think. So the episodes we're covering here are episode nine, vice versa and episode 10, the curtain rises on the climax. Boy, that's subtle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Neither of them are subtle, especially with what we get at the end of episode nine. Yeah, yeah, if you know what vice versa means. <laughs> uh, I don't totally hate Abel yet. Like, 
I mean, I'm sure this will end with me kind of just hating him, but I mean, I, I feel like episode nine really gave him a sympathetic view, you know, it, 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 a sympathetic light. You know what I mean? I, I would agree. They... I don't think people hate him necessarily. I'm just a little tr like cautious on his projection towards Fena from her mother. It's a little, yeah. it's yeah, a little kind of only uh, because well, that's not the only reason that that's really freaking right. Weird. I talk about this where let me let me get to this. What if I wanted to talk about it? I'm I'm calling a mutiny right now. Off with his head. Walk the plank. <laughs> I'm taking. You mean over. like? Are you speculating if he's the baby daddy? Is that where we're going? No, with this? no, no. Fena's... He's not the baby daddy. No, he's the son of the baby daddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they're, oh, oh. Yeah. They're half-siblings. Worth, I believe so, yes. Point Points to me for me, like, I think, I think Abel's related to Fena. I am such an idiot, <laughs> I did not make that connection until just this moment. Wow. Well, it's, like, as you said, there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue in, in this uh, whole thing, so you, you kind of had to put the pieces together, but it's, pretty obvious what happened here so in episode nine we are able to see a certain person's backstory and get uh there's your pun Kuro. <laughs> there we get uh no no you to see... because i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry i said Ab able oh 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 wow that was so subtle i missed it I mean, I yeah. even put the emphasis on no, the no, word. It was, it was, it was good. It was good. It was just so good. It good was to so know smooth. I was so smooth. I missed it. So smooth, you missed it. It was so smooth, I missed it. <laughs> so we I see the, the title of this see, episode. <laughs> see the child, maybe. We see the childhood of Abel, and find out that he is the son of a king, but he will not become king. He's in one of those weird positions of maybe he's like the second son or something. We don't really know the specifics, but he's somewhat ostracized by the rest of the people in the castle. So he goes and hangs out in the garden where he practices his drawing. And one day a beautiful girl appears in front of him and starts dancing. And he's instantly entranced by this. And can you blame him? She's gorgeous. And they become friends and companions and perhaps more. But as time goes on, he goes back to the garden and he sees her with what I do believe is Franz uh, while he was working as a butler for that uh, king or whatever. And he has whisked Elena away for whatever reason and it's not until she ends up locked in a cell with her beautiful hair chopped off that she tells Abel that she uh, had to go away because of the situation where somebody somewhere told her that she had to uh, ha had to have a child with a king, otherwise she would not give birth to La Pacelle. And we've already talked about how 
what the hell that is. <laughs> but here we have the indication that she had sex with the king and then uh, disappeared for a while, had the baby, and then when she was caught, she was later burned at the stake, probably because they think she's a witch who enchanted the king. But, I mean, come on, the king probably just wanted to do it. <laughs> so... Pervert. Yeah. I mean... He should be burned at the stake. That's that's not how it works, I guess. Uh, so, Abel sees her in the prison, and she talks to him a little bit and explains that she had to do that. And he, of course, is very confused and not really understanding any of it. But the rest of us are. He fully accepts her still as she is and wants to be with her, but she tells him that she can't and leaves him with the words that he is the only person she loved in this world. So I guess I've been a little too hard on Abel for thinking he was projecting too much regarding Helena's actual feelings towards him, because if we are to believe all of this, she actually did care very deeply for him. And, of course, he is now <laughs> with the knowledge that this woman had sex with his father, gave birth to a child for some reason, and now she's getting burned at the stake, and he can do nothing but watch. That kind of thing would probably mess a guy up. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, uh, I, I feel a little something for Abel at this point. He he definitely went through a lot, but he's still real creepy around Fena. <laughs> real, real, real creepy, especially knowing the fact that he is her brother, half brother, but brother nonetheless. Exactly. But I, I do agree with you, Sketch. Like, I do kind of see, like, when she, when Helena rested her head on his shoulder, and then, of course, the dialogue of how she, he was the only person she ever loved, I was like, oh, so it wasn't one-sided, which I was getting that it was due to how obsessive he was. Yeah. Uh, even I, at a young age, too, because he was, like, drawing her like crazy. They were inseparable, you know? And yeah. it, it seemed to be mutual, at least. But, like, just with... um kind of the dialogue that we got with Abel while he was with Fena is just like, well, it's something. And like, I, I don't mind necessarily like joking around, like being like, Oh, look at him. He's so hot. Who cares? It's just like, no, no, there's, there's some kind of eh, going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Marin Miller, who is the script adapter for Fena was tweeting that night. Oh, I want to drink his tears. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay. You know, it's not uncommon that after someone dies, people will sort of deify them, and for him to grow that kind of obsession for Helena, um, yeah. I, I can see that. Like that—that's something that happens in real life too, in an anime. So for him to put her on that pedestal, you know, I, I, that that rings. She was me. literally put on a pedestal. Yeah. Sketch. <laughs> I don't approve of this. I'm about to cause a <laughs> mutiny. <laughs> this is it a sh 
Oh. I worry about you, Sketch. Just know that. I care. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, tragic backstory for Abel. As to be expected, you don't grow up that weird without something serious happening to you. Yeah. And back in current times, we have a nice moment with Fena and Yukimaru sharing a meal. She brings out some rice balls and is like, I'll take the one with fish. And she hands him one. This is plum. <laughs> Which sounds uh, gross, by the way. Plum and rice. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's probably like pickled plum, which is a pretty common thing with rice balls, from yeah. my understanding. I still wouldn't be into it, though. The fish one, though, that sounds good. I wonder what kind of fish it was. We don't know. Some kind of fish. Forget. But <laughs> he bites it, so it's like, this is plum. And she's like, oh, here, this is the fish. And he's like, mm, whatever. <laughs> Food's food. Yukimaru ain't picky. About food, anyway. And they're you know, enjoying their time out on uh, the Cape. But it's getting a little cold. So Yukimaru's about to go back into whatever building. And then is like, I want to sit out here a little longer. And she starts singing uh, a song that, at the time, is maybe she's not aware it has lyrics. But she's singing the tune of a song. And Yukimaru notices that, and he comes back over and starts singing the lyrics, because he knows the lyrics. And this is apparently a song that Fena sang when she was a child. It was most likely taught to her by Franz. And there's points to Celia, because she figured the song had some kind of significance, and boy, by golly, it sure does. It has all the missing pieces. We're national treasure now. <laughs> Meets Indiana Jones. <laughs> so, let me try to remember how convoluted this is. Okay, so they have the glass, the stone, whatever, that that they got from Franz, and they take it to a particular island into a cave and they stick it in a mechanism and they find that when they do that they have Roman numerals that are coordinates but you can't just get there with those coordinates oh no you have to transpose them in various ways until you get different coordinates and once you come up with those different ones then you have to flip them because it's vice versa. Sure. Are you confused yet? So are we. <laughs> it just, it's I'm stung. Just, I'm just that meme with, like, the math problem. Yeah. <laughs> Sketch, I think the biggest thing for me is how, like... Remember how I was saying how that episode felt like two different standalone episodes for the price of one? That was not yeah. a good thing. Not for this part. This is probably, like, the weaker kind of episode for me throughout all of Fena because I think we needed more time. Yeah. I, I like puzzles. I like the way that the, that was the one part of all this story that I was like, okay, here's here's something kind of original and fun. Where they the girl was taught this dance clearly and this song, and it was part of the puzzle piece for her to make her way back to this place, Eden. 
and that's something only she knows, you know. I, I like that. I like, because that oh, yeah. seems, you know, with, without all the other stuff on, on its own, that's kind of a great idea, you know, for as far as storytelling goes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, trying to keep I totally agree. information secret, hiding it in a song, hiding it in a dance that you could teach a child and she'd remember. Mm-hmm makes perfect sense it's it's all very well planned <laughs> and the thing Almost is a little too convenient right but the thing is Kuro, remember how you just said are you confused yet because so are we that's not a good thing when we're trying to unravel no. a puzzle yeah no, i mean the whole but all of it like how they had to go to one place and then yeah all of it together is definitely confusing it that's is right. I, and i don't necessarily mind because this is coming from a kingdom hearts player so like I live for convoluted things, right? Uh-oh. Right? No, no, no. That's, yeah, I'm just... but I do too, and, and, and I I don't get this at all. I get Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think Kingdom Hearts kind of grasps on straws a bit too. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think for the big reveal of when we got it in Episode 9, it was just too fast, and it, like, it was hoping that we were able to catch very subtle things that might needed a little more time for people to digest to really like get the big picture of it. That's all I'm saying. At least Kingdom Hearts, I will say that you're given a lot of time to digest all the things because there's no time constraints to it compared to a, an anime episode. Uh, it just it felt too fast and, and it just it stunk because I actually really enjoyed the scene itself. Because, again, as, as uh, I commented before, it was like watching National Treasure and I freaking love that movie. <laughs> it was it was so fun seeing that type of stuff. So seeing a kind of rushed version of it was still enjoyable. But like, I think we just needed a little more time, maybe make abel's backstory a standalone episode on its own and then kind of add what happened in episode 10 with the beginning or the end of episode 9 kind of thing because it just it felt like there was just too much thrown at us yeah did anyone pick up on the soldier in the uniform following the crew like how did he know how did he know it makes me think there's a spy because like they're being followed and they keep getting caught and i'm like but how how the fuck Mm. does because I mean I don't I don't think any of the main crew are a spy, but then how is Abel's crew able to, to keep catching up with them and following them? Mm, maybe there's some information Abel has that we're unaware of at the moment. Because after all, like he did he did know Helena, so like and she's kind of the linchpin of setting all the breadcrumbs there's for everyone. Something to find. about that Cody kid. True, because he actually and he did mention like dialogue that Fenna was reciting in episode ten too. So he might yeah, actually Cody. He might actually have some information. Like, maybe he's also a sibling of Fenna. Maybe Fenna's a twin. He looks a lot younger than to be he does. Well, he does, but to be fair, I mean, like, we don't necessarily know Cody's age either, so he could actually be older. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, like, I don't want to, like, judge on his outward appearance of what he might, how old he might be kind of thing, so it's just, like, maybe they are, like, siblings. Maybe there's more siblings. It's Abel. I was more inclined to think that he might be another citizen of Eden, this lost civilization. Cough, cough, Indiana Jones, cough. If this is Indiana Jones, I'm waiting for a giant meatball to come at Fenna and them. Just wait. (laughs) Not Uh, over yet. yeah, Yeah, it's not over yet. So now after tinkering with it a little while and figuring out how the lyrics related to the information that they were given, they now have an idea, at least a pretty good idea of where they need to go. So they set out in the next episode 
with those particular coordinates and they get to a place and there's nothing there except like a little island. But then they all gather on the deck and boom, magic island. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's and almost like they, they were upset this... that uh, Enju and Kaede were making fun of it. It's like, oh, I'll show you a puny island, all right. <laughs> it's not an iceberg, but that was just... <laughs> That's a good one, actually. I like that reference. Uh, you know, the iceberg theory. I don't even know what that means, but I just see videos <laughs> constantly referencing the iceberg theory for various things. More and, under the anyway, surface. What is the Fena iceberg? <laughs> well, you probably experienced it in episodes 9 and 10. <laughs> Uh, so they're at the island naturally they gotta get onto the island and explore and see what they can see and that's where we just get bombarded with glorious nature of all kinds just beautiful just a beautiful island and then they gotta go into another cave and I love how they're like oh I don't know about going into another cave <laughs> So far, nothing bad has really happened in the caves. It's like, you know, when they come out of them or whatever, that the problems seem to start. <laughs> uh, I mean, the previous one caved in on them. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Fair enough. So they did manage to survive. Uh, but they go to the cave and they go through the cave and then there's a non-cave area. And then they find a big city. I'm like, okay, so this was underwater, right? What is this, Atlantis? No, yeah. it's a, no, it's Atlanta. Haven't you watched Futurama? <laughs> Many times. Yes. Absolutely the best replay value of all those adult sitcoms. <laughs> Love it. Love Futurama. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> in the lost city of Atlanta... There's these weird-looking yeah. lights that Tsubaki's like, these lights are definitely bad for us. I just know it. That's Yeah, that's pretty ominous. Is He's it gonna, probably on to something. going to make us freak out or something. It's like, yeah. you're already freaking out, dude. <laughs> and there's this cute moment where Yukimaru sees that there's a, a big step, and he's like, here, Finna, let me grab onto you. It's like, uh, uh, I'm fine. Their little romance moments are so precious. It's just all kinds of like pure and and I I love it. I love the Yuki Maro. They are just babies. Like like Jose said in the previous episode, they are just children. <laughs> yeah. I like they are how going steady. I like how Celia puts it. Just kiss already. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, I forget who guessed that they wouldn't kiss until the last episode of the season, but whoever did is probably right. What if, what, what, counter, what if they don't at all? Uh, well. It'll definitely be a kiss. Yes, it, between her and Sheeton. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The twist. <laughs> I'm kidding. She did say he was very manly and sexy. Which is all I'm true. starting to see his appeal. Yeah. <laughs> After I plant the seed, Crow's like, no, 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 CJ, stick with this theory. Let's roll with it. 
I mean, I, I ship them with me, so I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, I can share. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the little jump, not really a problem. Fennec can handle that just fine. But then they come to a big jump. And uh, because Makaba is a very, very nice young man who's very observant, he previously noticed what went on with, between Yukimaru and Fena, and Fena like reaches out to Makaba, is like, Makaba, help me down, and he's like, No, Yukimaru, you take care of Fena, and he jumps down himself. C certified wingman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a bro award for that one. Mm hmm So, yeah. Yukimaru and Fena jump down together with Yukimaru holding her in his hands. It's cute. It is so cute. It's cute. And then they find another room with, you know, special doors. And Fena says, where we're going, we don't need keys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> so, you might remember in the previous cave, she was acting real weird, like practically possessed. But this time, she has her capacities about her. She knows where she's going, at least for the most part, but she's still acting like herself. It's not like she's... But all this time, she keeps on mentioning that Something is drawing her to Eden. And to that, it was also said that uh, people are brought to Eden under certain circumstances. Like, if, if they are a chosen one, more or less. And uh, Helena actually mentioned that to uh, Abel when mm -hmm. she was in the cell, it was Abel's like, well, can I go to Eden? And she says, well, you might be able to. But if you ever meet that child, you you should go with her because she could lead you to Eden. So he did. <laughs> maybe, maybe not in the best way, but yeah, he, uh, he, he did that. <laughs> And as they are finding their way through the island, the uh, Navy has shown up on the island as well because they got there. Yeah, how? How did they get there? Again. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's the Cody possibility, but I also think, like, Abel got the coordinates. And I don't know how he would ever have exactly. known the song. Oh, wait, wait, personally. I have an answer to that. Huh? Remember how Fena had the panic attack on the ship and it was like she actually was thinking that the people who attacked the Hope was Abel and his people? Mm -hmm. Maybe he found some information during that if that was in fact them? That's a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if they further explain the additional information that Abel has obtained over the years. Or that Cody just knows everything somehow. <laughs> that, that kid knows some something for sure. But of course they have to show up on the island and 
it it's not like the island rejects them because they're not the chosen one. The island's already out in the open, so they can get onto it, I guess. Convenient. <laughs> I'm just yeah. thinking of like you're the chosen the, one. I have the high the ground Eden now. Hack. <laughs> Follow somebody yeah. else who's already going there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exact. I mean, that's the typical tactic, isn't it? I mean, that's what the sort of what the Rumble Rose Pirates did in the previous cave. You know. You know what they I would just... not be surprised by if the redhead survived the ship exploding and she just shows up randomly here. Oh, that's a theory that Sketch and I are firm believers in. <laughs> yeah, I, she's I gonna show up at the worst. Either way. At the worst possible moment, she's gonna make an appearance, and we're gonna be like, "You again? Really? Really?" We never saw a body. Honey, yeah, you need to take yeah. rejection better. <laughs> Jeez. No, Seriously. no, O'Malley, yeah, you go for your up, man. She's gonna be like missing an eye or something. <laughs> she already was missing an eye. What do you mean? It's gonna be missing a hand. Okay, there missing, we go. Oh, missing a hand. Yeah. Like I like it. O'Malley, don't You're listen a... to Curl. Go for your man. You love no. him. You love don't... him. Go for it. <laughs> no, it's never sexy to be a stalker ever. She. Well, tell that to Abel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, you, my point. You uh, yeah, she's gonna show up with like. A metal arm or something. <laughs> because what is technology in this show, right? Uh, yeah. I don't doubt for a second that she would pop up in either the next episode or the very last of the season. I definitely could see that happening. Because yeah. that's just anime, okay? That's just... There you I go. mean, that's not just anime. That's a lot of things, but... <laughs> Yeah. It's I, in the script. That's the logic. It's in the script. It's in the script. Yeah, that's right. It's in the script. How do you know what's going to happen? I saw the script. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Will won't need any keys. I just I can't get over it. <laughs> that's how I try to right. open my front door. Doesn't work, though. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't good. need any keys. Oh. I'll I just love... walk through this door. It's my house. It knows. I have made a mistake. <laughs> I love the animation of her dancing, though. I wish we had, um, they had mm. actually focused more on that and not Yukimaro's reaction. Like, just, it's very elegant to animate someone dancing. And she, she was uh, quite the ballerina, I have to say. So I liked that. I liked that a lot. I was happy with what we got. This was actually the first time where Fena actually seemed attracted to me. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah. No, before, like, she's cute and, like, I like her as a character, but, like, I didn't quite get the whole, oh, my God, I want to sleep with her type of thing. And then after seeing uh, the dance, it's like, oh, oh, wow, she's bewitching. She's beautiful. Yeah. But CJ, the dance is in the opening. Well, I don't necessarily count that because you always, like, soup up openings to get people more hyped I'd, I'd rather have the it, actual it substance. definitely caught my attention right but for me it's like i want i want it actually in the story because to me like an opening isn't always necessarily like canon so to say right so like i don't want to project that as who she is i'd rather see what she actually is before i make a decision on those things you heard it here single ladies cj wants a dancing lady uh 
I'll get back to you on that one. I will probably not respond to any <laughs> any replies on that. It's just like hopefully not only seventeen. I I think I'm biased though, just because as Carl said, it was beautifully animated. The music was fantastic yeah. too. Like, and I think like all of that soup uh, like combined together really made for like something where it's like you could probably have put like I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think like a. Uh, this will definitely go over your guys' head, but for those who play League of Legends, it, you could put Gragas dancing like that, and I'd probably be like, "Oh wow, okay." <laughs> so don't don't worry if you don't know the reference; it's fine. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Um, it's just like that's kind of like when you have all those elements, you could put anyone in there, and it's just like it's very captivating. But it's enhanced a lot more because we've grown with Fena, and we've seen her, you know, as a captain, as you know this key to finding eden and like her kind of taking everything in rather well considering everything that's been thrown at her so i think that also played an effect as to why it really uh touched uh my emotions the way that it did when we first saw it i was really touched by the we're in this together motif between her and yukimaro where she takes his hand and whatever whatever's beyond what door she's opened they're gonna go forth together and find out and i i like that that unity and you know all the jokes aside about their their uh courtship it's a really tender moment and it was very sweet you know i had that squee moment when they did that so i i love it yeah you better be holding somebody's hand walking up that thing it seems dangerous <laughs> it's so funny because it makes Thanks me think breaking the romance sketch it makes me think of that one piece moment in uh not thriller bark and uh skypea where all of a sudden usopp and luffy are like take my head honey and sanji's just like stop it <laughs> i love it i love it that's immediately where i go to anytime i hear like a take my hand joke sketch nice and you think i hate one piece I mean, take my hand joke. Isn't that handshaker's territory? Hey, my breath. I got a new handshaker's for you. It's called Tesla Note. It's my breath. I have special eyes. Unlike this show, which is gorgeous. Yes. Straight up gorgeous. It doesn't make me want to vomit. So we haven't even talked about all the wondrous treasure that they find. They find treasures and just items from different eras just everywhere. I did have a question for both of you, because obviously you guys have saw the episode. What do you think Shitan found? Do you think that's the Kusanagi sword? It didn't. That was that was my guess. I didn't quite look like it because it looked like a horn. But like, I'm not quite sure. And we weren't really like obviously there a while. But I was just curious what you guys think it is. Uh, again, another kind of mini flaw in this because what is this whole clan's involvement in helping helping Fena find her way to begin with? You know, they have this glass piece, and then then later on, he's like, "I'm looking for this sword, and we're looking for the sword, and our clan this." And I'm it's just very jumbled. So, I, I mean, obviously, the treasure was including. Uh, artifacts from different civilizations that were you know valuable for different reasons i don't know whether or not they're supposed to be magical or not it's a little bit unclear how much of a role magic plays in the series which i kind of like like magic or no magic you just don't know but i I i'm assuming yes the sword he found is the one he was looking for and it's meant to be some kind of symbol for their clan to regain their glory 
it's like a little the, the ongoing subplot from the beginning that draws them together. It's I guess. the only thing that can kill Fenakuro. <laughs> they said something to the effect of it being like powerful enough to, you know, make whoever holds it a ruler of some kind. It's like in Genshin Impact when the Raiden pulls out her sword. Exactly. Yep. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, Sketch. I was waiting for the Genshin Impact reference. Listen, listen. <laughs> Brittany was even in Genshin Impact, so I can't even help that one. Yeah, that's it's true. true. That's true. It, it was a fun episode. I just wish, um, I wish it were a bit more, um, I, I wish somehow that, I don't know, I, I can't articulate it. It's like, it, it was just, just, a little messy in terms of what theme they're going for for this but mm. as far as the actual narration style and the way they come across this and that except for the we don't need keys anymore which was hilarious um <laughs> you know that that was well done the characters are all kind of tentatively going forward and exploring and and just oblivious enough for there to be conflict so it's a good pre-climactic moment so you know i think the next two episodes are going to be like explosive full of action and storytelling and it's going to be it's definitely going to be exciting i just hope that they manage to streamline this mythos a lot better than they have the past 10 episodes <laughs> yeah uh, obviously there's going to be a big battle a big scuffle of some sort who knows what all is going to happen and uh, you know. I've been waiting for this for like since episode seven and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm just like, will it happen for 11? Are we sure? I hope that sure? that captain goes down because I'm still angry at him for calling Fena a prostitute. Like, you don't mm. know her. You can't Rude. go around talking to women that way. I just I'm ready to end him now. He can he can go forever. <laughs> He's canceled. Yes. He disrespected Fena and we're done with you, sir. Also, you're fat. Well, that's not Sorry. very nice. Wait a minute. I just don't like him. I don't like him. He's not very likable. No. Uh, I mean, when he did that, I was like, dude, you able gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you do not say that. Oh. She doesn't even give off, like, prostitute vibes. She's all pure and adorable and sweet oh, okay in the stupid old man's defense abel has had a lot of women so he he's probably just <laughs> and he's thought damaged. it was another don't one give him quality please don't that's gonna entice more people is just yeah. he he assumed incorrectly that she was just another one of his ladies and that is very wrong of him to assume, but it's kind of understandable why he would jump to that conclusion. Wait, how many ladies has Abel like had? Uh, unknown. At <laughs> least one. <laughs> so, like, wait a minute. I mean, this guy probably gets around. Yeah, I would. I would agree. He, he definitely is no filling the void in his heart with meaningless sex. Yep. That's not it's any way to live. Listeners, if you're listening to this, don't live like that. 
Don't live like Abel. No, please don't. don't. It won't work. It will never. You'll never be happy. And where is it? Where are his friends in this time? They should not be enabling him. Very nice. Uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and he's able to treat a lady well. Well, he he can. <laughs> he he's good manners. Didn't you he, see? Remember episode one? Yeah. And yeah, then Daddy got but, weird and possessive. <laughs> Real, real creepy. And not only that, he almost shot his current fling in the face. Okay, she was being kind of a cow, so I she got a little she got a little weird and intense. I don't think that constitutes a sh bullet to the face. <laughs> he shot her in the hair. True. He's good aim. True. He's he good does aim. have he a really good purpose. aim. That gun was actually very good aim. That gun is actually pretty badass looking for the anime too. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And those guns are actually kind of difficult to aim traditionally. So, you know, if he's really good with it, which is what they're implying, then, you know, that's a it's a pretty badass skill to have. He knows yeah. how to use his hands. No wonder he was trying to get Helena to take his. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Of course he knows how to use his hands. He's an excellent painter. True. And I will say, that picture of Helena does look... F oh, my God. Like, the detail of that in the anime. Whoo! Yeah, so but good. honestly, it's not as pretty as she is. I, sketch. That's unfair, though. Like, do you know how many times people are like, wait a minute, it, this doesn't look like the uh, picture? Come honestly, on. she she doesn't look that much like the painting. It's because the painting's got all this flourishing, and she's wearing this bridal veil and has this elaborate gown. And but she I mean, the face, the face does not look like the same woman. Hmm. He said he's not sure he remembers very well because he was yeah. young. Yeah, I guess. So I'm get so so I'm guessing he. We think of the math around this because he's eight, he would be at least eighteen years older than Fena, so he must be he must be in his mid thirties at some right. Maybe That's even forties, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking mid thirties. I'm gonna go with that. Anime don't age, baby. <laughs> Boy, can I get that? Yeah, right. Can Maybe I be she's born with it? Can Maybe I be reincarnated anime. into an anime? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Preferably one without violence towards cats and women. <laughs> Put me one where there's violence to me. That's okay. I can live with that. Oh wait, so blood blockade, battlefront, CJ. Oh, you want to live in, in there? You want to live in? Uh... Re-Zero? <laughs> mm, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Pokemon, but, like, you will die in Pokemon, so that's it, it's the same result. Pokemon don't nobody, die. Nobody dies in Pokemon. Die. Have you read the entries? Driftbloom literally carries children to their death. Beware hugs people till they are squished and dead. That's true, those Pokedex entries. Yes, that's what I'm Those saying. are some serious creepypasta. Yes! <laughs> So I get what I want in an adorable electric mouse. Right. Okay. So we got not too many talkbacks. I kind of had to cheat and use some responses to some other tweets that Toonami News posted. So here we go. Uh, at is mildly, mildly baffled. I can say mildly. Sure. Is at mildly baffled. I said it wrong again. At is mildly baffled. 
Nice episode overall. Abel's backstory is quite crushing to watch. I hate him less. Still hate, but less. That's fair. I hate him less, he said. <laughs> I, I, hate. I never hated him. Less. Uh, I at least thought he was a real creep at points. I'm, I'm definitely suspicious of him. Dude's a Gundam villain. <laughs> He's charred. He is a Gundam villain. Oh my gosh. I've, I've, I've said it, and I'll keep saying it. He is a Gundam villain. Yeah. Right down it. to that being way too obsessed with a particular woman thing. <laughs> and fabulous hair. Ah, yes. Fabulous blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the voice of Kaede, aunt number one, not number two, Daryl J. Delphin wrote in oh that's cool a lot of this was in the opening theme the uh the opening theme umi to shinju or the sea and a pearl mm-hmm. so the lyrics of the song that fena was singing were also in the at least in the translated lyrics of umi to shinju which yeah. uh, love that song and if you missed it, then you'll have something to pay attention extra to uh, episode 11. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really apparent if you listen to the, there is an English version of the song, you hear a little bit of it at every episode of this podcast. <laughs> and you can find it on various music streamers and iTunes. So, listen to it. It's good. At Kakazu1093615159, I think I got that right. The dancing was probably my favorite part of episode 10, but it wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the song as well. Heart Eyes. Second place goes to the twins swimming in the money. Yeah, they were Scrooge McDuckin. They really were. (laughs) That's a nice tweet. I like it. (laughs) And at the Nora Squad wrote in, as beautiful as the dancing was and Yukimaru watching her, the part that had me laughing and feeling secondhand embarrassment was when Fena freaked out at Yukimaru offering his hand and just standing there dumbstruck. We've all been there. We all know the feeling. It's fine. Yeah, in fifth grade, I was definitely there. <laughs> Those two are so <laughs> Look, anime has a bit of a problem where no matter how old the characters are, the romance is always, like, junior high level. Yeah, it is. Sex it's doesn't always, exist. <laughs> it's just it's just the most adorable, ah, oh, we're holding hands, I don't know what to do. Sketch, that is so lewd. You better take lewd. that back. They either so go all the way lewd or all the way fifth grade. Like, they can't find yeah, a happy... There, there is little. no in-between. No. There is no no. hand-holding. That's too lewd. That's... TVMA. That's like mm-hmm. what Darrell's been hyping Toonami to have. So no hand-holding. No hand-holding. Uh-uh. No, no, no. But yeah, it's like, does he like me? I don't know. And there, oh, there was some great teasing in this episode between uh, Karin and Fena. So what's the deal with you and Yukimari? Well, we're good! <laughs> nothing, nothing weird going on there. Okay, we'll stop talking about it. That sounds good! Which is hilarious because she's clearly kind of crazy about him. Mm-hmm. Cute. It's cute. It's it's so cute. She's. Adorable. I like that Sheeton is like cool with this now. Like he's gotten over his clan head's weird brainwashing and is like, no, mm-hmm. she's she's not bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this he, happen. 
It is a, a little convenient that he got over it so fast. I make mention to that in, in a review I did. <laughs> yeah, are you thinking he's going to come back? I, I love Shitan. I want to think that he's not going to turn against them. I hope that at least it's teased. Who knows what holding the sword will do. That's the thing. I hope it's at least teased. And then, like, Shitan can be like, no, Fena really isn't this witch or anything like that at the end. But I hope that that conflict isn't necessarily fully resolved till, like, the very end kind of thing. Because I think if oh it is just gone, then it wouldn't feel as dramatic, right? Isn't Shitan's brother still coming? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he Lord, he coming. <laughs> That's the other episode <laughs> sketch. Maybe Yuki Masa is the is the uh uh, y- uh Yuki Yuki Hisa is the mastermind. Hisa, yeah. He maybe he's the one who's who's providing the information to the blue giant. Maybe that's the spy. Because oh. Shitan's telling his brother how are they following them? Maybe maybe he's the lead. Uh-huh. I don't know. Throwing you a see, random I was video. thinking I was thinking that Yuki Hisa was sending messages to the blue giant too. As far back as like the second episode, no, yeah. the third, the third episode, because it's not like definitely the case that this is what's happening, but each of them are receiving messages at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. I gotta say, the one thing that kind of bugs me, and I didn't, I wasn't on previous episodes, so I didn't get to say it then, is just the implication of the the women these feet this female line being witches i'm not saying that there may or may not be some supernatural uh ability to them but the clear connotation when she's called that is negative and Mm. it's like because and his reasoning is because men are enchanted by these women that they must be witches like god forbid a woman be charming enough that a man be taken with her and that be completely natural. No, no, she must be a witch. There must be something supernatural that a man loses his senses. Or, hey, here's a thought. Maybe he's just a guy who's a little unhinged too. Hey, maybe it's the guy's fault here and not the woman. She's just trying to live her best life. She's just trying to be cute and and happy and dance and sing and play with flowers. It's not her fault men are obsessed with her. I'm just saying. I don't like the terminology witch here. That's in that's entirely true. That's rant ended. <laughs> it's uh it's a lot of BS that it's all put on the woman. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, there might be some supernatural thing to it. I mean, somebody out there told Helena that she had to give birth to La Pucelle, and in order to do so, she'd have to have sex with a king. And have a king's child, otherwise you don't have La Pucelle. Sketch, I have to make an amendment to that. They didn't have sex, they held hands. There's a difference. Uh, well, that is that is how one gets pregnant. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so lewd. <laughs> it's so lewd. Uh, PSA, Tunaki faithful listeners, that is not how you get pregnant. No, it is not. <laughs> Don't listen to them. I promise you. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Never hold hands. It's okay to hold hands. We can't, we can't okay. hold hands. I'm off my birth. <laughs> <laughs> I need to wear my gloves. Wait a minute. Once again, it's always the woman's fault. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! We have hey, you fun. You can't get this kind of hilarious immaturity just anywhere, guys. <laughs> That's right. You you came here for that. 
I don't know why I came here at all, except for the hand-holding agenda I have. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't Ow. even know I was going to be on today, too. That's the funny part. <laughs> yeah, CJ's the biggest surprise here. You <laughs> just surprised. have the memory of a goldfish, sir. That is That's not true. true. That is not true. I remember no, many things. No, he has things. selective memory. Yes, that is selective much memory. more accurate. <laughs> Gotta fix your selective hearing on hearing aid. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I remember other things that I'm planning on doing. It's just, I honestly forgot about this entirely. Yeah, it happens. But we're well, all... overall, I give uh, the past two episodes, I give nine probably like a. a six and a half seven seven out of ten and then i give episode 10 a, you know a solid seven and a half out of ten i would say mm. like detracting points for the weird storyline all the positive points are for just the incredible artwork and of course the characters and the voice acting those are still still as good as i knew they were going to be from episode one Mm. So here we are. The curtain has risen on the climax, and it looks like there's going to be a lot that's going to happen in the next two episodes. Kay's going to show up. The Navy's going to attack. Various things are going to happen, and we will be here to talk about them in our final episode's recap of the Fena anime series. And that's when you're going to have everybody, right? <laughs> Everyone is here. It's going to be a very big episode. <laughs> it's like it's like Super Smash. The gang's all here except for while we Sora, Sora for the Finicast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm well, Waluigi. We're not, that cool. we're not that good. I'm Waluigi, so I can't be on it. Hey. <laughs> 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 what do you mean? You know. The voice of Sora was also Takashi on IGPX. Yes. Haley Joel Osman. A good little <laughs> trivia for you there. Yeah, that, that is a nice piece you, of trivia. You should think, think of like a way to make the last one really spectacular, though, Sketch. I have no idea, and I'm willing to brainstorm with you, but I feel like we should mm. do something nice for that. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to go big on the recap episode. We could do like an episode after that okay that's fair you know we'll just we'll see a retrospective episode oh yeah so there might be two more episodes at dose. least dose yeah. oh yeah not counting the special ones right not counting the special ones and counting the special ones well no no, no but it's here Everyone is keep listening to Toonami Faithful Fenicast. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of Fenicast. Interesting tidbit with the schedule that was recently released. They said in the schedule post on Facebook, the season finale of Fena. Season finale. You know, they started it by saying the season one premiere. And now they're saying the season finale. What does it mean? Does it mean anything? It means we'll they're see. against hand-holding. So they're going to do part one 
by itself or they're gonna do an hour long double up episode is that what is that what you're Ooh. getting from? no no that's not what i'm talking about oh they're giving heavy implication that this is not the only season that fena will ever have man i'd be okay with with more fena i'd even be happy without, with an OVA. even without the end of this without seeing the end I would be okay with more of this because I really like these characters and I feel like there's plenty of story to tell about them and what they could do together. So I, I think, I think that they, you know, they, there's no way they could fit everything in the next two episodes. I think very easily we could have a season two and I sure hope we do. Yeah. I need more sheet on in my life. Who, who really knows where they could possibly go from? I mean, they found Eden. What are they going to find there? Who Another knows? treasure. Another. The I mean, treasure was the friends we made along the way, CJ. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, they're pirates. You don't stop at one treasure. Like, look at Luffy in One Piece. He's not stopping till he gets to the One Piece, and they found other treasures. Well, yeah, but they're not really concerned about the other treasures, except Nami. Nami's yeah, very she's very concerned only one. about the other treasures. <laughs> no, I thought Usopp kind of is, too. <laughs> hey, girl's got a shop. She hey, needs hey. a treasure. Robin just wants books too. She doesn't unless it's a, unless it's an ancient. No, Robin book. doesn't just want books. She wants knowledge. Yeah, she's my and kind specifically of specifically knowledge. She's, but that's not a treasure. <laughs> she's trying to. It, yes, Wouldn't it be a Fena episode if we didn't make a One Piece reference, would it? Well, we actually went pretty far into this podcast without making One Piece. That's not true. <laughs> I made one earlier. Well, oh, in this that. episode, I'm talking about. Like in all prior episodes, it wasn't until Jose was on an episode that we actually made a One Piece reference, I think. We did one in the first episode, I'm pretty sure. Did we? Yeah. Mm. I feel like we did. Mm. Oh, yeah, at the very end of the episode, maybe. No. I don't remember. Tell us if we made one. It's all a blur. Sketch does too many jokes. Big, big episodes coming up, so we definitely want people to talk about them. Hit us with the hashtag Toonami Talkback or respond to the tweets that we have on the Toonami News Twitter. If you don't, we cry. Yeah, we do read them. Yeah, I don't, but they do. (laughs) I read them. Somebody reads them. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, you guys do. I I sadly don't because I actually haven't seen any of them. So for all I know, you guys made these up. Don't let CJ keep you down. Toonami talk back. We will be reading them. (laughs) They will. Absolutely. No, please write to them. They like them. Do it. I just haven't actually seen any. And if anyone wants to include fan art where there's a little black cat sitting on Sheeton's shoulder, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It may (laughs) appear somewhere on someone's Twitter page. I'm just saying. I was going to say mounted on a wall. That too. Shush. It, it it would be her Helena. <laughs> it'll, just be, it'll be mounted on a wall, and she'll take a picture of it. it it's it's you're, you're, she's asking for someone to be her able to draw Helena, which is Sheeton with a black cat on it. On his shoulder, it'd be so cute. And it's like it's so it's there. The image is in my brain. I just the, the cat could be playing with his long hair. Wait, what if he's a dog person? I'm so wait a minute. What? Blasphemy. Well, I mean, they do have Brule. He's not a dog person. He makes fun of Brule. Yeah, because he likes him, I thought. 
Anyway, who wouldn't like Brule? You don't have to be a dog person like Brule. Yeah. Where was Brule this episode? Did he did he get off on the island or is he on the ship? I didn't. Well, I guess see he's him. still on the ship. Maybe he's taking Aww. a nap. Poor dog. You know what? Here's my theory. O'Malley's gonna make an appearance and Brule's gonna save the day. Yeah. Gonna save the day. Yes. Exactly. That's the kind of contrivance that I like. Yes. <laughs> make it happen, anime. Make it happen. <laughs> we believe in you, Brule. <laughs> Always. He's Always fed so on Doggo. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. Yeah, big fluffy, fluffy dog. Fluffy doggo. And if by chance you haven't been keeping up with Finna, good news. They're going to play all the episodes of the first season on October 30th from 10.30 to 5 a.m. So dress up as Finna characters on Halloween. Yeah. Oh, man. They got cool costumes. Do yeah. It. Yeah. Do it. There's a lot of rich uh, cosplaying material in there, too, I would say. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. It's a bit interesting that it's 10.30 to 5, because there's only 12 episodes. But considering Fena runs a bit long, like 24 minutes, compared to most of the shows running like 22, 23 minutes with Mm. shortened stuff, openings and endings, uh, maybe they just need the full extra half hour to get that all in. Which would unfortunately mean probably like odd starting times for episodes. But if you're watching a marathon, who cares? Yeah. I think they will throw something else in there, though. Probably like a music video. I love hey. those music videos, man. They got 14 minutes to kill. They could play that uh, Blade Runner blackout short that Watanabe directed. It is a prequel to yeah. the series that they're going to do. So. Oh, so I should probably watch that, shouldn't I? <laughs> Maybe it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I just it's not necessary. Oh, okay. It's, it's well short. People say you don't watch. have to watch these things because it isn't necessary. And then we got Yashihime, and you definitely need to watch Inuyasha before we watch Yashihime. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would you watch Yashihime if you're not familiar with Inuyasha? Well, no, because the people, yeah. the studio said no, no. You won't need prior knowledge. You can go no, into this blind. No, that's complete bullshit. You, it doesn't make that sense. That is nonsense. Right. Yeah. You can ask. No, Celia even said that they originally said, yes, you don't need prior knowledge. And I'm like, I don't believe you. No, yeah. Uh, so that's my, why I'm my nervous. My sister came in on me watching Yashahime one day and she was asking me questions. And I was just like, I can't explain things to her without getting into inuyasha territory there's just no way to like this this to be fresh for her and so i just told her to go watch inuyasha read the manga is basically what kuro yelled at her poor little sister oh no yeah honestly just just watch inuyasha yeah it's a good series it is it's fun to throw on just whenever and if you have not uh listened you should definitely listen to the britney cox episode where the guys interview her it's a pretty good episode it's a pretty good episode. it is we, we we talk about so many wonderful things about fena and genshin <laughs> just a little bit of genshin i can't help it man it's so fun 
That's fair. <laughs> but now I have my new oh. vice, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> you hear they're going to maybe put Goku in that. Yes! Oh, I'm like, do it. The Toonami angle. Then we can actually talk about it. <laughs> I don't need other reasons to talk about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, but it's a little out of depth for the Fennecast. <laughs> True. Yeah. Very, very true. But if we're nothing if not consistent with going off on tangents in this in this family here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. So yeah. Two episodes left and uh after both episodes air, there's gonna be a cool Batman movie. So stick around and watch some Batman. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I will tell you what to oh, do. Okay. Thanks, Dad. I will be live tweeting. So you should definitely watch the Batman movie. Ninja. Ninja, ninja. Ninja. Ninja pirates, ninja Batman. I just always see Natsu doing the the ninja. Yes, that's what I was thinking of, too. (laughs) I always see that. (laughs) Uh, I can actually see the twins doing that, too. (laughs) Oh, totally. (laughs) I would love that. Man, they had some great moments with the twins in this episode. Yeah, like, bing bong. Climb up there. Bing bong. I love it. Yeah, I like their, I like the, the, the second reference to them climbing, like the monkey stuff, because then you got to see them do it in the cave, and you could see it again. It's pretty cool. They're just so agile. All right, monkeys. Hop to it. Do your thing. We've evolved from ants to monkeys now. It's, uh, it's very funny. It's, it's actually really endearing that Fena can tell them apart now. <laughs> Over that one. It was Kaede had the right one, I think. Yeah. Yes. No, Kaede had the left one. Uh, So it was by injury. Well, Fenna can do it, but I sure can't. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, it was a really subtle moment, but I was actually like kind of obsessed with it. She called it like who would have who would have the correct one. I was kind of I was kind of obsessed with that. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah. Oh, she's Yeah, it's weird when she goes into that mode, but it's like this this time it kind of worked. Kind of worked. Yeah. And when she started dancing, she's like this is the platform. <laughs> Start doing the dancing. It's like In Wow. Neat. Beginning. And that that's Eden up there, I guess. Kind of looks like you have to go through water to get to it or something. It's interesting. We shall see. Yeah, I had a hardcore Final Fantasy uh, moment when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, standing water, but you're you're under it, but you're not really under it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is reminiscent of that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, feel free to share your thoughts on these or any of the episodes of Fena Pirate Princess by emailing us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com and throwing some mention of Fena into the title of your email. And you can also use the hashtag Tsunami Talkback to do that. And you can find all prior episodes of the Finnecast and our main podcast, the Tsunami Faithful Podcast, on podcast.tunamifaithful.com and on soundcloud.com backslash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. 
Oh, I guess we can get on out of here. CJ, tell them where they can find you. You can find Other me. than playing Genshin. Well, that's true. You would find me playing Genshin. If I had one, no, I do. Um, you can find me on Twitter at CJ Mapris. Um, that is, and I do all kinds of reviews for Fena Pirate Princess for Tsunami Faithful weekly reviews episode kind of things. First time doing it, and I'm really not liking doing it anymore. So I'm kind of glad we're getting close to the end. Uh, A lot of work. It, it is, and I feel like I'm getting sloppier and sloppier by the week, which is not good. Um, but you can check those out. Um, some people have been reading them and they've been liking them, which is nice. You know, I'm glad. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, you can find all my other editorials. Like I just recently did one for Black Clover on ToonamiFaithful.com. And if you haven't already, definitely check out the Toonami documentary, What Toonami Means to Me. It's on our Facebook and YouTube pages. And every month we release a behind-the-scenes interview from the guests who joined on the project. Uh, just recently, for the month of September, we released with Tiana Camacho, and I definitely recommend you checking that one out. Uh, it was probably my favorite that I got to do, just because we get to learn about her family history and what Toonami has meant to her alongside that. So that was fun. So check those out. They're really fun. Um, they're, go- they're, all, they're all wonderful. They're great. Yeah, do that. Definitely do that. Hmm. And Kuro, where can they find you? Uh, mostly playing Ghosts of Tsushima on my PS4. But when I'm not doing that, you can find me at Twitter at HappyKuroKitty. And that's all for right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And uh, until we get to those final episodes, that's it, folks. We're raising anchor. Safely now, Mr. Silver. Let's not get sloppy just because we're singing. Danger walks on deck. We say, what the heck? We laugh at the perils we're facing. Every storm we ride is its own reward. And people die by falling overboard. People die by falling overboard. For adventure on the big blue wet thing.